This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. It's time for us to connect with Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. And he's not in Cape Town. He's all the way at KZN. And Dr. Hammond, I know it's a story for you to share, not me, but I just want to say I'm really grateful to God that you're still with us. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, um, Brad, just last week, Tuesday, I had a stroke. And last week, this time, I was still in intensive care unit. And by God's grace, he's answered the prayers of many of his people. And I'm not only recovered and healthy, but in the field at Kwasi Zabantu Mission in KwaZulu-Natal, we've just had a magnificent ministers' conference, thousands of ministers from many countries all over Africa and some even from South America and Europe. And uh, I spoke at the conference on Tuesday and uh, that was the major answer to prayer. Mm. Now, we plainly as Christians called to shine the light of God's word in a time of darkness and to give hope to those who are in despair, to give direction to the lost and to point people to the cross. And uh, Traveling in KZN, seeing the damage caused by the floods, which have washed away bridges and roads and tremendous erosion, a lot of which has been made worse by pollution and litter, which has been swept down rivers Mm. and hit against the pillars of bridges and brought down massive, expensive bridges. You can imagine the logistical challenge of traveling anywhere when so much of the roads have been um, literally eroded or washed away reminds us that everybody can contribute to the solution or to the problem and every bit of litter and every bit of corruption has so undermined the province that it makes one very grateful that we live in the cape and uh, it certainly gives ammunition to the people advocating for a free and independent cape of good hope and self-determination when we see the effects of corruption and um, chaos in other parts of the country Mm. and uh, just a few statistics to focus on the problem that we need to confront. Um, according to the recent budget announcements and reports, Eskom's debt burden amounts to something in the region of 400 billion rand, that's billion with a B. And uh, those evaluating the budget woes, we're all suffering from the effects of the incessant scheduled power failures, which they call load shedding, but I think that's a euphemism for power failures and and, um, total failure of government in many ways. Scheduled blackouts are not load shedding. Load shedding suggests that government has so much electricity, they're giving some away free, but that's not what it is. We're paying more than ever before. And through our tax money, we're having to bail out this corrupt state-owned enterprise, uh, which is obviously being horribly mismanaged and um, the facts that have come out recently are quite horrific. So the recent budget announcements show that the government's expenditure has increased now to 2.24 trillion rand. Now, 
if you wonder what a trillion is, if you take 100 rand bills and you stack them on pallets, now pallets is about a ton, and uh, if you put a, a full, you took a full football field and filled it with pallets of 100 rand bills stacked on pallets neatly, and then you have to double stack them, so you've actually got two pallets, one on top of the other, each pallet representing a ton, you'd fill a football field with 100 rand notes to make a trillion. Now, government expenditures now more than two such football fields, that's double stacked pallets, 2.24 trillion rand, most of which goes to salaries for black, broad-based black economic empowerment, BBBEE, affirmative action, cadre deployment for privileged party members and those with connections. It helps the few, but it impoverishes the majority. And uh, financial cost of our debts have now risen to 340 billion rand or 5% of our gross domestic product just goes to financing the debt. And a whole 700 billion is earmarked for salaries alone. The government debt has grown to 75% of our gross domestic product, over 5 trillion rand. So the government owes over 5 trillion rand. And of course, that means the taxpayer owes it, because we're the ones paying. Government doesn't have its own money. It takes it from hardworking taxpayers. And uh, the government's wage bill is one of the highest in the world's developing countries. Um, it's 31% of our GDP is taken up with government salaries which in many cases are for very corrupt and competent people who are looting the economy anyway. And uh, it's higher than the average of 38 member countries of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD. And the ANC government's wage bill is a serious problem. The public service is too large and it's too expensive, it's out of control, it's unsustainable, and it's inefficient as is seen by the roads in KwaZulu-Natal and the power failures which are blighting all of our lives and ruining our businesses and bankrupting many people at this moment. So many of these enterprises owned by the state are completely failed, as we know with the post office, for example, and uh, it's like a bottomless pit and yet every year the budget brings out more public money to bail out these failed enterprises and, you know, Normally, when you're in a pit, you must stop digging. And uh, to throw good money off the bad seems very unwise. Tax money should, of course, benefit the taxpayers and stimulate the economy, not promote socialist ideology and rich cadres. And yet, somehow, government has the money to spare on uh, what they call basic education uh, toolkits to indoctrinate children into transgenderism and perversion. And right now we can see they've, they've enrolled 4,000 teachers in Brazilian Natal in an experiment of social engineering to introduce primary school children to transgender ideology and to get them very confused. And you know that the basic differences between male and female are to be erased and they to promote males pretending to be females and vice versa wrecking sports, ruining people's lives. And so the government is able to put hundreds of millions of rands into transgender ideology propaganda and education while it can't keep the lights on. Just to give a bit of an idea of the dark picture which we have to shine the light of the gospel into, 
the South African Defence Force now only has two fighter jets left, only one operational frigate and a logistical wing that can't even afford to pay for the Army's orchestra fuel to go to Parliament. They had to pay out their own pockets for transport to Cape Town for the State of the Nation dress uh, between Richards Bay and Cape Town. So they couldn't even pay their own orchestra's bill to get to the parliamentary event. And yet they could spend 220 million rand on a party and parade in Richards Bay. So there was an article in the report showing soldiers forced to stay in tattered tents while the generals were accommodated in five-star guest houses. And this is symbolic of the state of our SANDF because right now the SANDF can't find the money to ensure that the army's computer system doesn't overheat. They needed 26 million to upgrade the computer system, which controls everything. And they could not do that, but they found 220 million rand to host a prestigious event and party and parade in Richards Bay. Right now, according to Defence Web, the SANDF is top heavy with generals. They've got 400 generals in the army at a time when that makes one general for every 184 other individuals in the army. Now, when I was in the army, one um, a, a group of about 200 men would need a captain. So now we've got a general doing what a captain should do. Um, 400 generals in the army, where the generals, there's just too many chiefs and not enough Indians. And uh, interesting that only four of our 26 Gripen fighter jets are working, and they cost us billions of rands, but while we can't find the money for the computer systems or to keep the jets operational, they can find 220 million rand for a party and a parade in Richards Bay. So we only have four of our attack helicopters, the Roy Fox, operational and serviceable. And with these recent military exiles with Russia and China, we didn't have any warships available. That There's just the frigate SS Mendy mm. that was able to sail, and the rest are in dock needing to be fixed. And taxpayers are now meant to find money for needless luxuries for elected politicians and generals who have no military experience but are there for causeway deployments and the benefits. Crime is screaming up. According to the police reports, all categories of crime have increased. Vehicle thefts, shoplifting, shoplifting is up 23%. Break-ins to homes up 74, 7.4% since last year. And last year was unacceptable too. And Eskom is not a, a private company. Eskom is a public enterprise established with public tax money. And so the public should be allowed to know what's going on. And yet we've been told by the outgoing CEO, uh, Dorotia, that um, Eskom is losing a billion rand a month to corruption and theft, and that senior members of government are in deeply involved in the corruption, that there are four organized crime networks operating in Pumalanga, which feed off Eskom, and they run like mafia crime syndicates. Uh, Dr. Hammond, we're running out of time. I wonder if you could wrap that up for us so we can, uh, so that uh, we can hear what you have to share with us. Thanks so much. So the situation looks very bleak. 
but it makes it so important for us to shine the light of Christ in a time of darkness and to bring the gospel of Christ clearly to people. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. So if we want God to heal our land, we need him to forgive our sin and hear us from heaven. And he says he will not do that unless we do four things. We need to humble ourselves, we need to pray, we need to seek God's face, and we need to turn from our wicked ways. So it's so important that we are sounding the trumpet and the alarm over these threats to our children at school with curriculums bringing perversion and gender confusion and using our children like guinea pigs in a social experiment funded by our tax money but promoted by overseas interests. It's so important that we wake up, that we alert our people, that we give a call to action mm. like Nehemiah to rebuild the walls and to protect those that we're responsible for, especially for our children. So let us yeah. give hope to those in despair and direction to the lost, point people to the cross. Just as the previous speaker was saying, uh, we need to be shining the light and the Lord said, you are the light of the world and we need to be faithful to proclaiming the light of Christ in this time of darkness. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, William Carey Bible Institute. Take care, Dr. Hammond, and travel safely when you make your way back home to Cape Town. Will do. Thank you, Brad. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.